My name is Megan Brent Hamilton. I'm a speech language pathologist and assistant professor, and I'm so glad you're here listening to the Honeybee Connection podcast by MB. This is your podcast to understand how language, culture, and other parts of our identity play a role in how we communicate. In each episode, I have a pretty awesome one-on-one conversation with my guest. Then I offer tips and insight into how we can better communicate with each other with a focus on language and culture. All right, let's get started. Welcome to the final episode of my first season of Honeybee Connection podcast by MB. I cannot believe I did it. I'm just, you know, really excited about it. So um, it took me a while to do this final episode and my apologies. I think I just kind of had a a long semester like a lot of people, um, long past, what, year and a half for COVID. But I'm finally here. And I'm finally here just to share with you some of my final thoughts um, and give a lot of thank yous. I think the first thing I want to walk away with from this first season, I hope um, you walk away with it, is the way we speak is a large part of our identity. It's not the only part, but it is a large part. And it's a part that we don't talk about too often. Um, And I don't want you to take it so concretely just the way we speak, um, maybe the dialects we use, the language that we speak, the accents we have, but even more broadly, the way we communicate right? The way we communicate in large part is, um, is a part of our identity. And so think about that when you're communicating with other people, right? If you feel like it's not effective, it's not going well, don't point your finger at the other person who perhaps maybe someone who speaking perhaps African-American English, or perhaps, um, they stutter when they speak, or perhaps they're using electronic device, (laughs) Basically, people who are speaking in a way that mainstream expectations um, don't align with. So just something to hopefully walk away with and think about. Another area I want you to remember is that communication is dynamic. Always has been, always will be. Um, Yes, there are times when we can obviously, you know, figure out how to communicate best with ourselves in our own settings. But for the purposes of our society and and what I want us to walk away with, it takes two to tango. <laughs> I'll be very cliche-ish. Um, so if you want effective communication to take place, understand that it's a dynamic system and that all parties involved are um, responsible for that interaction being successful. I think about this all the time. It's going to sound strange perhaps, but I always laugh when I walk my dog hugs. Anyone who knows me knows how much I love animals and love hugs. He is is a boxer pit bull mix. So I get all kinds of reactions. Some people love him. Some people walk away from him. They're afraid of him. But I always laugh when I'm walking in my neighborhood and there's a dog off the leash and I get nervous because hugs and I have been attacked before. And the person goes, oh, no, no, don't worry. My dog's very friendly. I get very frustrated with that because I'm like, okay, so is my dog. But the two of them together, that may not be good. So I always think about that. And I tell that story to my students about communication being dynamic because just because you are friendly or you are speaking this way, when 
two people come together, two souls start interacting, it becomes a system. It's contextual, right? It's not just about one person and another person separately coming together. It's, it's what creates that, that interaction. That's really what I like about communication, to be honest. I, I think it's, it's beautiful in that way, right? It's very contextual. A third thing I thought about was discrimination. I think we talk a lot about discrimination in like, I don't know, like in the employment setting, right? You should not discriminate any employee, against, uh, their race, their ethnicity, their national origin, geographic location. And they'll say language. I've heard language before. But rarely do I hear anyone saying, you know, to just dis- not to discriminate against the way someone communicates. And I say this being a language variety, like I've talked about during my season, or even just all the other ways people communicate, perhaps someone who um, identifies as autistic, uh, perhaps someone who, again, uh, stutters, perhaps someone who speaks Chicano English, which I know is not a definition or a terminology that a lot of people like, but it is one that gets my point across. Discrimination really it's correlated. So when you think you're not being discriminatory against someone because you're like, oh, no, no, I'm not being you know negative about the way they speak. I just want to help them. I want to correct them. I want them to make sure they speak proper, properly, proper English, use proper grammar. That discrimination is a correlation of that person's racial background and or ethnic background and or um, cognitive profile or um, geographic location. So it's a proxy. Um, so just be aware of that. And I think if I want to be positive, though, <laughs> I know, let me try and be positive for once, right? Uh, acceptance. I think we talk a lot about the different ways we need to be accepting of other people. And I think communication is right on that pathway. Let's try our best to be more accepting of the different ways people communicate, right? No need to try and quote unquote fix people. Just be accepting. We're trying to be better at accepting people's racial backgrounds. We're trying to be better at accepting people's um, communication profiles. We're trying to be better at accepting people's many things. So try that on for size. Try being more accepting of the different ways that we speak, the different ways that we speak the same language, the different ways that we communicate. And I think, lastly, I want to be mindful of the trending terminology. So ever since 2020 (laughs) and now moving into 2021 um, has occurred, lots of statements about racial justice, social justice, and it's not new, let's be honest, right? Civil rights movements happened since long time before the 60s. Um, We've had a lot of stages and trends in our society about creating more just society, racially, culturally, ethnically, all these different ways. But I think sometimes people can get caught up in the terminology, right? Right now, the terminology is diversity, equity, and inclusion. And it's very trending. And I think that's fine. But I just hope people don't get caught up in it because it's probably going to change. (laughs) But even though the words change, just be mindful of the concepts and the constructs that we are trying to advance. If we're always mindful of that, no matter what the words are, we should be hopefully doing the right thing. 
right? So right now it's diversity, equity, and inclusion. And that may be something different to one person than it does to another. I'm going to be honest, right? I think about the word diversity when I've been talking to some of my guests and I'm like, oh, what do we mean when we mean diversity? I remember when I went to go get my PhD and I went to the university and I was reading one of their newspaper articles and it said, um, we're a very diverse campus. And I remember thinking, oh, wasn't that nice? Moved from Brooklyn to here, diverse campus. I'm excited. But it wasn't really diverse. What it was, what it, it had a lot of different racial and ethnic people, a lot of different ones and from different backgrounds, but they were all together. So like all the Asians kind of hung out together, the Native Americans hung out together. I'm being very blanket right now. The white people hung out together, the black people hung out together. But they felt diverse because the numbers were pretty proportionate. And I was like, well, that's not my definition of diverse. And I'm going to be honest, that's just not my definition. So just be clear when you are talking to people about things like culture. And I think Chris even said it best on that first episode, right? Just be clear about what you mean when you say diverse, what you mean when you say equitable, what you mean when you say culture. Because we all kind of have these own ideas in our head and we have to communicate better to make sure we're all on the same page. So... Yeah. I think we can learn a lot from each other, right? I hope that this season helps you realize that, that if we just take a step back and listen, listen to each other and have an open mind, then there's really a lot that we can learn from each other. Uh, For season one, I actually have excerpts that I call MB's Five from the Hive that I'll be sharing throughout the summer. So make sure you come back and and take a listen to the guests, my previous guests and the second part of the interview that I had that I didn't have time to host, uh, to put on during the first season, during the first regular season. So please come back for MB's Five for the Hive in those excerpts. So finally, I want to say thank you. Oh my goodness. If I had flowers and champagne and something else, I would be giving it to each one of you, my wonderful guests. I want to thank Chris Love for being my inaugural guest. Oh, that must have been scary. I don't know how you did that. Thank you. Um, Seema Panda Alexander, Greg Stamper, Fung Bon, Pinky Shaw, Caleb Armstrong, Lisa McGuire, Omar Evans. Took forever for us to do it, but we finally got it done, Omar, and Jamie Zollers. All of you were so amazing and so kind to let me not just talk to you. I mean, I guess we can call it an interview, but I really thought we had a great conversation. But you didn't just give me your time, which I know was hard to do in these day and age, but you gave me your energy, your experiences, your insight, and you let me and my listeners learn from you. And so I just want to say thank you. I could not have done this without you. I didn't know really what I wanted to do for my podcast. I mean, I know who I wanted to talk to. I knew I wanted to talk about Silver Spring and I knew I wanted to talk about our different experiences, but I had no idea that it was going to turn out the way it did. So just thank you. And thank you to my listeners. You guys have been awesome. I have heard from people that I have not heard from since like fifth grade, um, ninth grade. It's been amazing. You guys have been texting me and Facebooking me. And I just want to say thank you for listening. I hope um, you share this with other people. I don't think it's just a Silver Spring, Maryland thing. 
even though we are pretty awesome. Uh, but I do think a lot of people can listen to this and enjoy it. And so finally, um, I want to talk about going into season two. My plan is to start recording my conversations, um, probably September, October. Therefore, I'll start posting season two come January. Um, I want to talk a little bit more about what I learned from this first season and actually just multiply it. I've learned from everyone here that everyone communicates with the world differently because of their identities, because of who they are, because they're a white straight male or an Indian American female or a black male athlete. Everyone communicates differently because of their identities and therefore they align in the world differently than others. And I'm curious to learn more about that. So I will let you know when that happens. I'll let you know when that comes out. In the meantime, again, just look for MB's five for the hive excerpts, just uh, small snippets of the final interviews I had with my guests, final conversations. And always remember when you work with people, language matters, culture counts. Thank you, everyone. 